Hey, how are you? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with us. Billy and Jen. <laughs> yes. You missed the you missed the cue. Like you gotta say it. Well, what? I'm a little off because I haven't been sleeping so well. Uh last night I was up to four AM. Not a big deal. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Just you. You've been keeping me up almost <laughs> nightly. Like, I'm what's sorry. The deal? I pulled a muscle in my bum. <laughs> Your buttocks? <laughs> Who says bum? You uh, well, I don't know what butt? else to call it. I've been, I don't know if the, tushy? I don't know if the viewers, rears, the, uh, the listeners want to know, but I've been playing racquetball with some of the fellas and it's very physical. And I know it's also a sport for senior citizens, which I don't <laughs> diss that, but oh my, and you just um, did. I don't know what I did, but I literally, there's a dull ache from the upper bum area down to like my quad. And, and you are dramatic. I cannot you're sleep. dramatic because you're, you're But I have a high pain threshold. Okay, you came into the you came into the bathroom the other day while we're getting ready. You're like, "I'm I'm seriously, babe, we have to call the doctor." I I, I we have to set up an appointment. The pain is excruciating. It's keeping me up to 4 a.m. I cannot even I can't even function. And I'm like, "You are. You're like walking around the room getting ready." I mean, so dramatic. You're kind but of overplaying. To, but not it. to make light okay. of your pain. And so we Googled it, right? We Googled what is You go, the- not to make fun of your pain, as you totally <laughs> mock my pain. No, but but it was so dramatic. But we did Google, what is the dull ache pain? And it said it was because you overstrained and you need to like it's roll actually, it yeah, out. It's something like that, yeah. Stretch regularly. I need to heat it. Thank you. So Ice it. Maybe we can take the topic off of my bum. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I'm a little off because I haven't been sleeping well, but soon to be remedied. I'm excited about today. To um, Our last podcast, if you tuned in, uh, we were kind of talking about personal relationships and you know how to thrive in life and how we need people. And we thought this podcast, we would kind of come from more of the professional angle of that side, maybe like the, the business side. You mean business? Like... <laughs> Yes, like business, like mind your business, girl. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I want to, you know, and I think this is applicable because, like how I said that, applicable. <laughs> I think this is applicable. Pronunciate it so well because we all have professional relationships, and so, babe, here's what I want to do. And so I you kinda- need to mind your business. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Just a little late. Just nail it a little late. We totally rehearsed you saying that, <laughs> and you missed it. Hey, but just, you know what? They we're keeping it real over here. Like the whole truth yeah. and nothing but the truth. Hey, can I tell you? For this podcast, we truly like try not to like rehearse or go over anything. We want to be honest <laughs> like, conversations. Mind your business. And we literally rehearsed me queuing her up to say, "Mind your business." Just, I can't, and you missed it. You know it. what it is? I have learned this about myself after almost forty years. Is I rehearsing like funny like moments doesn't work. Like I have to be in the moment. Oh, like if I'm not goodness. in the moment, I can't remember. Like I could not have what was the funny moment that we were trying to make that. a moment right, of. Title of the podcast. What is it, Jen? <laughs> business. No, it's mind your mind business. your business. Okay. Your business. You just go. You mean business. 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 <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's do this. I want to ask three, like three questions that we will both talk about. And here's the great thing: we're both, we both work in organizations. Here's the, here's the thing: all of us, no matter who's listening, you have people that work under you that you, that you lead. You have people that work alongside of you that are peers, and you have people that are over you that lead you. All of us, no matter where you are, whether you work at the coffee shop, welcome to life, or whether yeah. you run. Microsoft, these are all true. There's always someone over you. There's always someone working alongside you. And there's always someone who you have to lead. I don't want to say working under you because that seems so derogatory, but it's someone you're leading, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so here's what I'm going to do. I want to ask what for you, and we'll kind of answer this question, what personally, when you, what do you, what is most valuable in a person that you're leading? What is most valuable in a work relationship where you lead together up here? So you're not the boss, they're not the boss, but you have to work together. And what is most valuable in a working professional, a business relationship with the person who leads you, your boss, your supervisor? What is most valuable? And I think this will help us all. I'm excited about this one. Some of this will be like leadership stuff and kind of like winning friends, influencing people type stuff. But, um, so can we do that? Let's do it. And you, this is something that you're really, really good at. I would say, and I am biased obviously, cause you're my husband, but this is the whole truth. You are excellent at leading <laughs> and influencing people. And I know you're laughing it away, but it's the truth. And if you're anyone's around you, they'll, they're nodding their head and agreeing right now. Oh man. I love you, that but was, it's, it's the truth. It is a, a genuine truth. compliment from you. And if it wasn't, I probably wouldn't say now it. Get so. to work. <laughs> I don't know. That's me trying to be a bad boss. All right. Um, Maybe we should call this bad boss since you blew the cue of mind your business. Okay, number one, people you lead. And people you lead, Jen, what is the number one thing um, in the workplace professionally that you you would want from them? I mean, I think there's... Two things that come right to my mind. Is, oh, but okay. Before okay, you say one that, thing, because we kind of we kind of decided the three topics, and then we're going to talk. Each okay. Other. And so I'll say it, and then because I don't want to mess us up. Here's what we kind of agreed on. Right, we turned these mics. So we did decide these three things for people that we lead, people that work underneath us. If it's employees, if it's whatever it is, um, the the thought of can you just come through, just come through. Mm. It's is come through itness a word? Show up. Like just come through. Do if you ever heard someone say like you had one job? job. Like just just one. Just come through. Right. What does that mean to you when I say that? The ability to do what they said they're gonna do. Okay. Like there's nothing quite like it in the world. I mean, it could be as practical as your child just they did what they said they were gonna do, or the person that you're overseeing. They they literally showed up. They did what they said they were going to do. There's something so rewarding. And it's such a lost uh, talent, art, and gift, I don't know, in society today. It's just the ability to do what they said they were going to do. And not just do it once, but keep doing it. And it's to me, it's kind of a sad commentary on Culture Day that that has to be the thing. because, But it's prevalent in society today where people don't come through. Um, one of my favorite songs right now is a song where it's like, can you just come through? Can, you know, like, can you just, sing it? Can no, sing it? I can't actually, I can't remember the tune. I tried. <laughs> can you just come through? I don't know it. Um, but like, just do your job, man. Like, and it's crazy because a lot of people won't. Okay, for so instance. Let's talk about what, why. Why is, why are people not coming through? What, what is keeping people from doing what they said they'll do? Honestly, if I knew that, I could solve all the world's problems. That is the most confounding and frustrating thing. Let me say this. I, I actually don't know. Do you know the answer to that? I actually That's don't know I'm why. Asking. I think it, the, the reasons could be millions. Um, we're literally, uh, at our community, we're getting ready for a big thing. We call it the weekend. Um, we're literally thousands of Young teenagers, people, college yeah. students will come from all over and will gather. And it's going to be a great time. And I was meeting with the men and women who essentially run this thing and they are professional to the, to the max. And I love these men and women. They're experts at what they do. They, they provide, they're literally creating home for thousands. Right. And so we're talking through all the details of putting on this massive event and we're just going through those things. And I happen to lead that team in this instance. And one of the things we talked about is what is your backup plan 
for when people don't show up. That was literally one of our main points. Um, staff members who will wow. not show up. They're going to call in sick. Maybe they are genuinely sick. Right. Or maybe they right. just got tired and now they're telling you, I'm sick. <coughs> I can't come in. And you're like, what are you going to do when volunteers who you're depending on to run that camera, to turn on those lights, to be at the front door, to make the coffee, to sing on stage, like whatever. What will you do when they come through? Not if. And this literally was our conversation. Um, Vic, the sound check, she's sitting right here. She's a part of that team. We literally were in the same meeting. And we're like, what is your backup plan for when people don't come through? Don't you think that in general, people have a hard time actually being honest with themselves and just saying no? Because in reality, they should have never said yes to the commitment because they realize I had two other commitments I already committed to, but I'm saying yes to this third commitment. And before they know it, tomorrow comes around and they're literally like, oh my God. And so they bail because they're constantly over committing themselves. I don't know what it is. That's a, that's a great question. But here's what I will say to if you, if you are an employee in any capacity, which we all are in some capacity, the best thing you can do to keep your job and to be promoted in your organization is, my God, sir, ma'am, just come through. And that may mean you have to say no to the to certain things. Do what so you said you would do. Your yes is a yes. Be where you said you would be. You know, I heard this quote the other day. Our words have power, but our actions shape our lives. And that Amen, is so, sister. so true. Is right. that we may say something and it, it, it should be truth, but then what we do is really what matters. And I'm down for people who have the ability to articulate and talk, but man, if you oversell yourself and then you underproduce, good luck with that. I mean, honestly, it is such a it's such a valuable thing when someone like I find myself, I'm so grateful when I'm leading people when they just do what they said they were gonna do. Now listen, here's the thing. There are instances in life we have the flu is going around in Seattle right now. So there are a few people who have literally legitimately gotten the flu. Like it's terrible. And they call in, can't be there. And maybe it's like, oh, we were depending on you for this event or for this meeting or for this thing. I get that. That actually happens in life. And can I say this? If you're the type of person who comes through right. on the regular, right. you have a reputation for just doing what you said you would do, those, doing what was expected. moments are- There's so much grace that people can extend you because they're like, dude, and in fact, they'll be like, take the time. My goodness. Almost like take extra days. They're like, so happy to give it to you. Whatever you need. But if you're the person who's constantly not coming through, first of all, you can't trust. very little grace. And secondly, you're probably going to lose your job. And I think that it, it weakens the, the the level of trust between you know you and the other person too. If you're constantly bailing, constantly overcommitting yourself and not delivering. Um. I remember, you know, just, you know, being on the side of this when I started playing football in high school, I was a freshman and the first like three weeks as a freshman, I was terrible. I was a lineman, left tackle. And in the game, there was two sacks that came over me. The guy just ran me over. And in practice, like the quarterback would get sacked a ton. And I'll never forget the coach, Coach Zinke, pulls me aside. He goes, Billy, you are fat and you are slow. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so okay, harsh. thanks for the motivating talk, coach. And he gave me a jump rope and he's like, you can carry this jump rope around all day in class. And when people ask you, why do you have that jump rope, Billy? You're going to say, because I'm fat and I'm slow. This jump rope is going to make me an athlete. Um, and I did that. And I would jump rope every waking moment. And truth of it is, it, it did. And a lot of hard work. And um, you know, I got really fast and really quick and nimble on my feet for a big guy, which made me a really good lineman. It enabled me to play college ball. I'll never forget senior year we're in the divisional championship game. True story. Only time I ever got my paper in the, my 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 picture in the newspaper and over time into the game coach pulls me aside and the star running back says billy we got six yards we're gonna run it over you can you make the block and i mean i was a guy you know three years ago notorious for 
you know, not making blocks and not fulfilling. And I was like, I can. And I had put in the work. And I'll never forget. It was one of the greatest moments of my high school life. I'm definitely not living in the glory days. But I remember as a high school kid, um, I made that block with and and he jumped right over me and we won and we were both in the newspaper. And there's just this thing. It wasn't that. And it was it was the feeling of like, okay, I did what I what I was supposed to do. But the team how they saw it and how they felt how like because affected. Billy came through and because the guy Scotty the who whole... ran the touchdown because we came through we all benefited right when you come through everyone benefits on the other side we don't under, we, I think maybe we underestimate when we do come through it affects so many more people and also you were teachable your your mentor your coach was literally like you're slow and you're fat which was rude but at the end of the <laughs> but at the end of the day yeah. you were like I am slow and maybe I have a weight problem and you literally doctor say I got a little <laughs> bit of a weight but problem. you were teachable and then you did not only just stay there you you could have been like woe is me my life sucks but you literally listened to the coach and kept one day it. after but how many years was that from the time you got three and a half three and a half just years keep showing up and you man. kept showing up for three and a half years and in your senior year you just said you helped win the team or you helped win the game for the team I just said that yes yeah and, <laughs> but the crazy thing is is that it didn't happen in like four weeks it, it took three years of you showing up. And, and I think in, in, in today's society, just showing up, showing yeah, just up. showing up day after day, doing what you said you would do and consistently doing that brings so much results. And don't get it confused with like no making mistakes. I remember right. I, heard this, I read this book once with this illustration where there was this IBM executive. He was a junior executive. He had just gotten the job and he somehow failed in a business deal to lose like $50,000. Just, it was a mistake he made. And the CEO calls him in. He walks into the CEO's office like, I suppose you want my resignation. Like, because he just lost 50 grand. And the CEO goes, are you kidding me? We just spent $50,000 educating you. Wow. And I thought, like, that's so, it's not, we're not saying you can't make a mistake, but learn from your mistakes and come through. Come through the next time. Everyone makes mistakes, but if you can develop a reputation as someone who's working for others, as you'll just, you're dependable. We can count on you. If you say it, you're going to be there. I mean, I'm telling you, you won't be working for others for too long. You'll start to lead people because that is just a huge quality. Agreed? Agreed. What about for people you work alongside with? This is a tough one in the, in the workplace for peers. This can be the one where it becomes the most complicated. Um, we kind of decided we think that one of the most important things for this relationship professionally is communication. Mm. Um you're not the boss, they're not the boss, but you have to work together. So you can't veto each other. So you have to communicate. In our organization, where both you and I work, we kind of have this saying um, when it comes to this professional relationship, peers. It's we either inform or involve. So I'm always asking myself with people that are on the same level as me in our organization, do I need to at the very least inform them of a decision I'm making or in some cases do I need to involve them in a decision I'm making? There is nothing worse than um, hearing about a decision that was made that you should have been involved in, but someone who wasn't your boss made a decision that affected you and you had no That's say. Like That's that is one of the most frustrating. frustrating yeah. And you want to talk about conflict. That's a great way to get conflict going in the workplace. Um, so we have kind of, and I wonder a lot of times being in these relationships, which we both are, and anyone listening to has this kind of relationship as well, someone who's a peer that you have to work with, um, I think one of the reasons we don't communicate is because the fear that they might like try and stop you from doing what you think is best. And it's like, you're not my boss. Um, you don't have the permission. I don't need your permission to do this. So I'm not going to tell you, right? 
Totally. You okay? For, let me ask you a question. You work with a lot of peers, some strong leaders that you work alongside of. How, what do you do practically, just day in and day out, to keep that relationship healthy in a business environment and also in a relational environment? Yeah, great. I mean, communication. You just said, but even more practical than that. What else do you do to maintain that? I always ask myself, who needs to know, and who do I need to inform, and who do I need to involve? So, I, you know, part of my job. Is just to make decisions. Like once someone will ask me, like, what do you do most of the time? I'm like, I think I just make decisions all day long. Like we just make decisions, make decisions, make decisions. And one of the things I, I have to literally remind myself, and I'm not I'm not the best at it, I'm getting better at it, is when I'm making a decision, who do I need to let know? Who do I need to inform? And who do I need to actually talk to and include before I make a decision? Before That's here's huge. the thing with informing. Informing someone, it communicates in the right timing. It communicates respect and value. Mm. It's like, hey man. I don't actually need your permission, but I want to loop you in and let you know this decision is being made over here. And so for me, practically, we, we use Slack in our organization, which is like an email type place. And I'll Slack people. I'll email people. CC on email is brilliant. Like just include as many people that need to know in the email. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I'll, sometimes I will have to say, because we do work with very strong, which I love it. We have a lot of strong personalities on, on our team, which is great. I think we're changing the world. Um, Sometimes I'll say like, hey, this, this decision is being made, wanted you to know. Because it actually, not everyone gets to say their or opinion in every on, time, on every time. You couldn't get anything done if that was the case. Now, determining like, there are instances where it's like, you know what, actually, I need to include this person. And you, and you actually are doing it because you need their feedback or you're asking for, hey, we're, we're thinking about making this call. What is your thought? Well, because you're not the boss of them. Right. So- in some cases, like I actually can't, and I've found myself saying a lot, like I actually can't make this decision on my own. I need to ask so-and-so. We need to have a conversation, and we need to come to an agreement. Um, it's so key. Wouldn't you say like communication in that professional relationship, it's absolutely important. And, it, and it, it just communicates that you care. You care for the person that you're working alongside it by including them. And, it, and just a simple CC, like you said, or including them into the conversation. It really goes a long way. And not only care. I think one of the number one qualities or things needed in that kind of professional relationship, peer to peer, is respect. Because that's where people are like, do you think? Do you think you're above me? You know, and their insecurity is just can run rampant mm-hmm. in relationships like that in in the business world. So it's kind of like, no, no, I respect you. I respect your position. I respect you as a person. Let me include you. Let me inform you. What do you think? I mean, one of the greatest phrases in our community is like, what do you think? Mm. I'm not sure. What do you think? I think it's brilliant. As long as you mean it, by the way. Right. People can tell if you're patronizing. What do you think, decision made? You know, like, no, like, no, what do you think? What is your perspective? Because it's us admitting that we're not all knowing. And we don't know it all. Omnipotent. And it's like, hey, what do you think, man? Maybe there's another way or angle to look at this mm-hmm. and we come together and we're better together and we just kind of believe that. And I also think when there's that respect and care, you guys trust each other in the moments when someone, you know, has to make the tough call or maybe the quick call. I mean, you've been in situations where you've just had to make the call and the guys you work with are like, we trust you. And it's in that moment that because there was respect and there totally. was other moments where you guys took time to actually, what do you think or getting feedback? And then there are those moments when you have to be strong and make the call. Which leads us to the last one um, in the workplace what is the what is the most important thing for people who lead us? So like our bosses or our employers or our supervisors. And we kind of said, um, trust. Totally. Like for for the people who are over me, and I have um a couple in my in my world right now that in, in the organization that I work in that are my bosses, would be my supervisors. For me, what I 
what I want most from them is their trust. And when I know that my boss trusts me, he, what he does is he allows me to do my job. He allows or me. Or she. Or she. <laughs> I feel like I can do my job. And, and that's because there's a level of trust. Um, yeah. And because now we're assuming that we're trustworthy. <laughs> you know, like if you're not a trustworthy employee or, you know, then, I mean, but if we are, if we are trustworthy people, if we are these people who come through and we communicate, if we were, then yeah, like, because the worst thing in that kind of relationship is micromanagement. Absolutely. Oh man, do not get me going on micromanagement. And I don't know, maybe it really is a pet peeve of mine for sure, but I just, micromanagement helps nobody. Here's what I would say. If you as a boss feel the need to micromanage someone, you need to get someone else in that role because they can't do the job or you need to let go, man, because you got an issue and it's compulsion and you have to micromanage. You, You have a messiah complex. You're like, if I don't do it, then it won't be as good. Well, sure, man. But how will anyone else grow in life? You have to give people opportunity. And you have, to, and I hundred percent agree with that. But but when you're bringing someone maybe newer on, is there a, a season or moment of maybe checking in, which could be micromanaging? Is <clears> there <throat> is there that tension a little bit? And when do you let go of that tension and allow them to fully do their job? Brilliant. And thank you for asking that question because I do think there is a, we have to differentiate between micromanaging and managing. Management isn't a bad thing. In fact, if you don't have management, what you have is chaos. Totally. So there is absolutely moments where you have to check in, hold accountable, right. um, hold to deadlines, you know, organize, plan, talk through. That's called management. That is absolutely essential to any organization. We have some great managers in our community. Micromanaging is stifling, whereas management, like, enables us Mm -hmm. to like go further and be better micromanagement is stifling it sucks the life management inspires every time yeah i mean i i've been i've been under great management inspires micromanagement squelches yes absolutely because micromanagement is like not allowing people to think for themselves it's like do what i tell you to do just do it just do it and so what it is is like perform tasks don't take responsibilities and don't ask why or don't even ask questions just do what i tell you to do exactly and everyone's patronized by that um Management is like, okay, I'm going to give you responsibility and trust you. Here's what we need you to do. Here's the game plan. You're responsible. This is your part. And people thrive off yes. that. Yes. Like, okay, so you want it me just to- just takes clear communication. And if they don't, you got the wrong people in the wrong positions. Okay, that happens. But for the most part, if you have the right people in the right places, they're going to thrive. But if you say, just do a task, they just become hirelings. They become just secondhand citizens. It's like, just do what I tell you to do. No one wants to be that. And honestly- that's what micromanagement does. Um, so I think it's the trust. It's like if you if you have people that work for you, you're gonna have you're gonna have to trust them at some point. Um, and I think that talks to this thing of being a secure leader, a confident leader. Um, insecurity. What is does a, a secure leader look like? I think it's simple as allowing other people to go further than you. It's mm-hmm. helping, babe. You're a very secure leader, and here we're paying compliments to each other. But like you see the gift and the grace in people are their their talents and abilities and you put them in arenas or help them get into places where they can actually thrive in that and do it really well. It's like promoting them. It's pushing them. It's elevating them. It's you using your abilities to help them use mm. their abilities. It's secure. Um, we work in a great organization and I, I, I honestly say that, but you know the, 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 the top leader of our organization, Judah Smith, um, and his number one thing is like he creates heroes. 
He wants people just to go as far as they can go. That's a beautiful thing. And I think the sky's the limit when you lead like that. Like you're not afraid if people surpass you. You're not afraid if people go so high and so far. And if we have that mentality, there's management involved, but it enables us to go there. Whereas insecure leaders stifle. They hold back because it's like, wait, I'm on top. I'm the man. And, and wait, I'm, I'm the woman. I'm the man. I'm in like, No one's yeah, better yeah. than me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you get you get insecurity. And I think insecurity sometimes, you know, especially in this relationship, paints itself in like, um, you know, giving the taking the credit when it's not yours. Um, and I think this is one of the things. This is trust. You know, I think one of the things for a leader who's leading a lot of people is to make sure that you're very good about giving credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Nothing is more infuriating than the credit, either someone takes credit that's not theirs, which would be insecurity. Mm-hmm. If a leader takes credit that they didn't actually do. Or keeps giving the person, the wrong person the credit. But when you give the credit to the team, rightfully so, not, but when you give them the credit they're due, all of a sudden it conveys that you trust them. Yep. It builds your trust. You highlight the good that they're doing. And all of a sudden, um, I mean- I remember the other day we were, we had a bunch of friends over and we were getting ready for breakfast and we were, you know, and you are a great thing. And you gave me the task of like setting up the waffle. I gave you, you wanted the task. <laughs> you told me what to do like a second hand citizen. I was managing citizen. you. <laughs> yeah. And you gave me the task of setting up the waffle bar. And I'm going to say I nailed it. Like you I did. set this waffle bar it was up. quite incredible. Like, yeah, it was awesome. And Vic, the sound chick was coming over with a bunch of people and she walked in and she literally goes, Jen. You are so good at presenting. Like this waffle station here is the best. And I remember I was in the other room and I heard it and I instantly turned around. You came back in. Because I'm thinking like. And I noticed. I better get the credit. (laughs) And who gave the credit? You did. To the right person. You're such a good leader. You're like, actually, Billy did it. And I was so quick like, yes, I did. You were so cute. And it was so great to see a 40-year-old still needing needing the credit. No, but it's human nature. And I think it doesn't matter how old you are. It does not matter. People need to realize you need to, you deserve credit and you need value. And if a, a man, a great manager gives the credit when the credit's due to the right person, it's a game changer. And how much for would his it organization. have, how much would have devalued me if you'd have been like, I know. Thanks, Vic. Or cre- even oh, if, thanks, I, just, even thanks, if I just Vic. didn't say anything, like, I, like, thanks. Thanks so much. I just took the compliment and I didn't defer to the right person. And here's what it does. Trust has been breached. And you do that, so maybe it's not a massive trust breaker, but you it's do that time, moments. it's these little things yeah. that erode, like water hitting a cliff, day after day after day, and all of a sudden, you start to erode trust, and I'm telling you, that that relationship will break down. It does break down every time. Um, so, anyways. You know, and I think the last thing I was just thinking about as you're talking about, you know, a great manager, a great manager allows you to take ownership of something, you know, once you've built the trust, trust you. yep, yep. And once you've built good communication and you know, this person is going to do a great job, allow them to take it beyond what you even asked them to do. Like give, let them have full ownership of what they're, they're hired to do. And the hardest part of that as a manager is that they're going to probably do it a little differently than you would. That's exactly right. And, and that, you have to be okay with that. You got to be okay with it. You have to realize like, listen, man, you can't do everything. Um, and actually, it might be better than the way you did it. In a crazy turn of events, yep. they might actually do it better than you. It's so um, true. But you'll never know unless you give them a chance to go. And give them time to fail. Like you're like, well, it didn't work the first time. Give them a chance. You had chances to fail. Mm-hmm. And I think um, 
I think all of that is helpful. So I hope this has helped you. I know this has kind of been the business side of things, but I love Mind your business. There you go. Finally, at the end of the podcast, you, you got your welcome. cue. Um, but I hope this helps you. And I think it, it definitely helps me. It's a good reminder for yeah, me. Yeah. And thank and, you so much for listening in. Thank yes. you for tuning in. And here is to another uh, Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. See ya. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we would love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at Billy's Mafia. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers.